Blog Talk Radio. Come back home to Africa. Come back home 
out of the middle of your day, high noon U.S. Central Standard Time, to be present in this sacred space with House of the Divine Prince, Thai Potions, Hoodoo Central, on this revolutionary hoodoo, New Orleans voodoo secrets and recipes. Eshu Alegbuana Kosi Were Awo Unlo Uto Mi Iwo Ada Afan Bo Ofi O Batala Mi Ita Ni Ebo Onilio Abane Shu Eshu is the respected elder who flogs, confronts, and uncovers fools. That one versed in mysteries uses truth to own you. He causes scatter to feed poverty. Obatala shakes rascals to have sacrifice. The owner of warnings is the one who is Eshu, Aboru, Aboye, Aboshise, Ashe. May our Ebo reach a rune, heaven. May our Ebo be accepted. May our Ebo allow what we desire to come to pass. And so we say, Ashe. And, and for those of you unfamiliar, that's Yoruba. That's Ifa Yoruba. Divine all blessed greetings and salutations. You are now sitting live with the Divine Prince, Pan-African spiritualist, practitioner, author, and advisor, Elogun Oloye Hudu Obeya Bokur, sharing with you in all things spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing, and holistic from a Pan-African hoodoo world spiritualist perspective. Understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veil, for it is all just an illusion and a test and one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. This is indeed my constant prayer, my mantra. Affirmation, reverberation, reiteration, and it is, and it is my ever-living reality. It is crucial to the very foundation of my understanding, my teaching, my walk, my works, my ultimate demonstration along this divine, all-blessed life path and journey. It is how I, the divine prince, make sense out of all that we're challenged with here in our daily existence on Mother Father Earth, and it is my personal place of power and understanding, the place from where I begin, the place from where I realize and crystallize all my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine destiny, and I and I alone create and co-create my divine all-blessed reality, and so it is, Ashe. Understand, understand, and particularly for my new audience, my new listeners, we create and recreate our reality with our mouth. And it's deeper than with our mouth, because some of you think you can sit back and be shady and be hateful and be negative and hold all this darkness within you. And indeed, it must start in the crystal first. It must start in the ori first. So we create and recreate our reality with our mouth, thoughts, with our mind, with our perception. And indeed, you choose your perception of reality. And the more you choose 
your perception of reality, the more it becomes real. <laughs> the more it manifests. The more I said divine all blessed, the more I said all is a blessing, the more I said I am the divine prince, the ancestors made sure that that manifests. The ancestors make sure that that comes to the surface. Nobody understands it better than my mother, Evangelist Savage. Nobody understands it better than my mother. I've come from the darkest place. I've come from the darkest circumstances. I've come from the darkest background. And yeah, I've been suicidal back in my 20s. I've been emotional back in the day. I've been depressed chronically back in the day. I sought therapy. I sought counseling. I sought church. I sought the mosque. I sought the synagogue. (laughs) I sought magic. And ultimately, God, the goddess, Jesus, pointed me right back to myself. And it was by exploring myself that I found my root that I found my connection to mighty ancestors. And indeed, we stand on the shoulders of mighty ancestors, indigenous powers of of this globe, of this entire world. So be clear, like Quartz Crystal. Be clear, be focused, be sure that in this crystal, you are creating and recreating the reality that mirrors your best interest. And I've had to learn the hard way. Some people close to me have heard, had to learn the hard way. Some of my godchildren, my initiates, my clients have heard, have learned the hard way. You can't just push it back. You can't just toss it out the window. You can't just lock it in a dark closet. You've got to walk through. You've got to confront and create and recreate a reality in this most present moment that mirrors your best interest. Because when we get in our feelings, when I get into my feelings and I envision my past, which is very easy for me to do, I have a stellar memory, very easy for me to do. I can recreate events down to the detail from age two, age four, age six, age 10, down to the detail. So if I don't confront, walk through, create and recreate the reality that mirrors my best interest, then I'm bound to the past. And that's living out of sync. That's living out of timing. Some of us spend so much time in the past that you're no earthly good right in this present moment in time space. Some of us spend so much time in the past and even in the imagination of the future, that we cannot apply what's needed, what's necessary, what's required to manifest the reality that mirrors your best interest right now in this moment in time space. So remember, remember that you create and recreate your reality with your mouth and, and with your thoughts. So I say all is a blessing. Not just out here, not just to you, but in here and to me. And when the shadows come, all is a blessing. When the darkness comes, all is a blessing. When the challenges come, all is a blessing. 
And again, sometimes when you come from that dark place, it colors your reality. We say rose-colored glasses, but some of y'all are wearing dark glasses, and it covers your reality. So the, the two, the five, the ten, you know, that maybe didn't meet your expectation, that maybe treated you badly, that, that maybe harmed you in some kind of way, you now paint all men with that brush. You now paint all women with that brush. Some of you paint all black people with that brush. Some of you paint all white people with that brush. And as I shared in an early tweet this morning, in an early Instagram this morning, be careful and watch closely from a safe distance people who generalize, who overgeneralize. Well, all men are dogs. Well, all women are gold diggers. We're all black people. We're all white people. We're all, you know, watch those people carefully, but from a safe distance. Because not only are they creating and recreating a reality that will have to prove their words. See, that's a universal law that we, we weren't always taught and that some of you don't understand. The, re, the, the universe has to respond to your words. Somebody's magical book, somebody's book of scripture says God created the universe with his mouth. And I and I are Ruth. <laughs> I and I are God, are goddess. And so you create a reality with what you pronounce, what you vibrate, what you keep saying. You keep saying, I can't get a way out. I'm always broke. I, I, I can't catch a break. The universe has to, has to demonstrate that. It's a universal power. So people, places, and things will show up in your life to give credence to that, to reprove that. I knew I couldn't trust. I knew you would. Okay, so if you knew, why didn't you recreate your reality from the start, from the beginning? (laughs) So that takes being still, being quiet, being meditative, sometimes fasting, prayer, but, but it requires us being still enough to hear ourselves, to hear ourselves. I can't tell you how many times I stop a client in the middle of a conversation and I say, breathe. Some of y'all have, been, have experienced this right here in this chat. I say, breathe. I say, breathe again. And then I say, beloved, I want you to listen to what you're saying to me. I want you to listen, just as you're saying it, but I want you to slow down enough to listen to your words. And one of my beloved uh, self-adopted godmothers, um, she loves to say, and she says it all the time, be careful about how you tell your story. Be careful about how you tell your story, not just to yourself, but to other people. Some of us, I was guilty always told my story as the victim, always told my story as the abandoned child, always told my story as as the bastard child when I didn't know any better. And when you're young, you know, your senses, you you respond to um, a little bit of praise. You you respond to um, 
sympathy and empathy. Oh, let me help you out. Oh, that's so terrible. You know, let me let me help you out. Let me stand in the gap with you. But then you grow and you mature and you get 25 and 35 and 45 and and people aren't empathetic. People don't want to hear your sad story. Many people have their own. And sometimes your sad story is the trigger to other people's sad story. There are people who are not listening to this show right now because of that last show. They were not ready for that closet to be open. They are not ready to confront that, which we confronted as a community on that last show. So make sure you go back and listen to that last show. Please say hi to Marsha Warfield on your way. But make sure you listen and pay attention to what was said in that last show. And I'm going to say it again right here, right now. If I had to change anything to be who I am today, to be where I am today, I wouldn't change one thing. All you magical ritual practitioners out there know that it just takes one decision, one move to change time and to change your reality. What if I had gone to the left and not the right? What if I had gone back and not forward? I could very well be in a very different place today. And, and statistics suggest that. Statistics say I should be in jail. I should be in prison. I should be dead. I should be full of what? Venereal diseases. I should be full of addictions. If we believe what the statistics say. What the statistics suggest you got to create and recreate your own reality. You must. And greetings to everyone that I acknowledge uh, directly or collectively in, in the chat. And sometimes I get on a, a chant <laughs> and a rant, and, and I forget to check on. Uh, greetings, beloved. Sister wife, Tony Val Martinez. Welcome, beloved. Y'all been asking. There she is. <laughs> Y'all been asking. There she be. Okay. Greetings, Tony Val. Uh, welcome, Neophyte Vocour. Thank you so much for being with us, beloved. Of course, Chef Bougie will be traveling to my location as soon as possible, and I greatly appreciate that. Don't be like some of my other friends <laughs> and drive near the city and don't come into the city. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> Matthew Ferguson, greetings, beloved. Peace and love, joy and prosperity. Ashe, Asheo. Peace to the community, to the family. Greetings, Kim Gladden. Kim Gladden been around for a minute. I love you and appreciate your continued support and love and your demonstration in your own way, in your own sacred space. The overambitious one, you better do that, beloved. You better do that and let the ancestors indeed push you. Because you keep saying I'm overambitious, then indeed your fruits will develop. Your, your, your fruits will grow. So you step in that. You walk in that. And you be ambitious. I, I'm with you in your endeavors. Greetings, S. Marie. Greetings, beloved. Thank you so much, Eba, Orisha, Mojuba, Orisha. <laughs> Welcome, beloved. All is a blessing. As usual, I, I got your email. I think I responded. Just give me a moment to get myself together. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It is Carnival, Carnival 2001 in New Orleans. And, and, and again, I'm going to keep with the mayor, 
and the governor, we're not inviting people to come to New Orleans during this pandemic for Mardi Gras. But if you come, you best act like a local. If you come, you best mind your protocol COVID-19 manner. We're not playing. And because of what happened last weekend, not during the the, uh, Super Bowl, the weekend before that, because of what y'all demonstrated on Bourbon Street, after Friday, it won't be no bars open until after Mardi Gras. Won't be no restaurants in the French Quarter offering liquor until after Mardi Gras. You won't even be able to go into a packaged liquor store in the French Quarter until after Mardi Gras. Now, yeah, you can go to CVS or go to the grocery store and carry your bottle back to your hotel, but don't come here expecting to create no crowds. Unfortunately, Claiborne, underneath the bridge, many of you who understand Black Carnival, that, that's where it all goes down. Not this year. Not this year. And I'm grateful to the Presbyterian Museum, the oldest museum in New Orleans, quite possibly in Louisiana. I'm going to check on that. I'm grateful for them for including me in the new coming Mardi Gras Indian exhibit at the Presbyterian in Jackson Square. Some of y'all are familiar with them tarot card readers and Jackson Square, but right there, right next to the church, is the Presbyterian Museum. Next Monday, they'll be opening a new carnival, Mardi Gras, black masking, Mardi Gras Indian exhibit, and I will be featured. And I can't tell you how honored, how humbled, um, how excited. Um, I, I get all kind of emotions about it. Um, I haven't even had chance to really work through it all, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful for being present, for being recognized, for being documented. And indeed, it's a, it's a, a, it's a win for not just Black Carnival. It's a win for not just Black Hawk Voodoo, but, but it's also a win for Voodoo and its footprint and its demonstration here in this beautiful, legendary, and historic city of New Orleans. Louisiana. I'm grateful for my guests. I'm grateful for my co-host. Please remember that my phone lines are available. If you don't have webcam and mic, you can always call in area code 845-277-9143. 845-277-9143. Just remind me in the chat to, to check my switchboard because this is in a completely different tab. Sometimes I get going and I forget to check. Um, and I'll absolutely open your mic and bringing you in. Hidden Realm Sorcery, baby. <laughs> That's what she say, baby, in that New Orleans accent. I've been telling people, mama is not playing with us. We are to honor our brothers and sisters. We don't have to like each other, but we must respect and love one another. Ashe, Ashe, and thank you to the ancestors. Yes, me and... uh. Tony Val discussed that very thing this morning. It's interesting how other ethnic groups don't necessarily like each other, don't necessarily favor each other, but they support. And they will particularly support when it's against something. They will particularly come together and support when it's against us or against you or against me. But we, 
have a block there. And, and I'm trying to figure that block out. I'm trying to better understand that block. I know it has a lot to do with religion, but it also has a lot to do with sort of a moral code that was put on us that's not applied, generally speaking, throughout the culture of America and, and ultimately the world. White supremacy and racism is not an American construct. It's a global construct. And it has a footprint footprint everywhere. Africa, Asia, Europe, South America, it has a footprint everywhere. And I'm often, I don't know, shocked and amazed probably is not the most accurate language I could use. But I'm often just surprised by the behavior of, of some of our brothers and sisters in other countries as it relates to white supremacy and racism. And I'm talking about black people, white people, Asian people, Hispanic people, Latin people, however you identify, Portuguese people, South African people. I'm talking about everybody, everybody. Get the racism out of your your Twitter list. Get the racism and white supremacy and, and bigotry out of your Instagram following. And some of us are too... You know, I'm only going to follow what exactly looks like me, what exactly sounds like me, what, who exactly posts what I, I want to see posted. And that's often the trap. If you haven't figured out, you know, we got bots now that imitate you. We got bots coming from Asia and, and Europe and, and Russia that imitate you, black man, black woman, Democratic man, Republican man, and they speak your language. They post your interests, and you thinking it's one thing, and it's something else. Go back and do your homework about COINTEL. Understand what COINTELPRO is. COINTELPRO ain't gone. That's just evolved to a whole nother level. And so I don't trust the profile with Marcus Garvey as the profile picture. Not your profile picture, but Marcus Garvey as the profile picture. And then you got Malcolm X and Dr. King and Coretta Scott King and, 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 and um, Shabazz uh, and, 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 and nothing that represents you. Often it's a perpetrator hiding behind those posts. Another thing that I'm hesitant about is private accounts, especially in Instagram. Now, now you like me, you follow me, you know, but you private. And, and so the minute I try and follow back, you private. I often ignore those. People who don't have that lock on their account, I quickly follow, quickly add. But if I don't know you, we have no communication. I don't, I don't know your identity separate from. I don't pay attention to those private accounts. I look for an identity. I look for a footprint. I want to see who's saying what, who's posting what. It's real easy to, you know, hide behind a profile and spew and spew foolishness and, and spew, you know, black nationality, you know, and then you have no personal representation. I put myself at risk every day I do this show. Every day I put myself at risk because my face is here. My identity is here. I'm not that concerned about not getting this gig, not getting that acting job not getting that opportunity because I create my own opportunities and the ancestors support me and provide a foundation under my opportunities. So I, I'm not controlled 
No one controls my mouth. No one controls what I say. No one controls my demonstration. And some of you, you know, again, are, are so caught up in the demonstration. Don't let the gray hair fool you. Don't let the beard fool you. Some of you, if I, if I had on my CoverGirl 420 now, you wouldn't be here. Some of you, if I shaved my beard now, you wouldn't be here. Some of them, when I, when I had to cut my dreads, poof, you were gone. Because your love affair is with a look. Your love affair is what it looked like, not what it is. And that's problematic, particularly when we start talking about love and relationships and dating. Y'all are concerned about what it looked like, not what it really is. Y'all are concerned about what it drives, what it dressed like, how cute it is, how well it's built, but you don't know or care to know anything about who it really is. If I watch one more show, one more reality show, and I hear, oh, I don't know their name. I just know man. I don't know their real name. I just know dog. You don't know them. And they don't know you. And often when we see this kind of demonstration, you know, in reality TV, it's serious. You know, police involved or, you know, some other, you know, infraction, you know, is involved. Marital relationship. Oh, I don't know their name. I just know them as, as man. I, I just know D, you know, and, and that's a problem. We don't know each other anymore. We don't know each other. Growing up in the 70s, I knew my neighbor's first and last name, sometimes their middle name. I knew my enemy's first and last name. But today, we don't seem to care. Hey, just Jimmy, greetings, beloved. We, we seem to just, you know, I'm, do, I'm doing me and I'm keeping it 100. I, I, I can't put those two things together. It, it don't make sense in, a, in, a, in an old guy like me here. I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't get it, you know? So we've got to do better at developing and building relationships. A few years in the past, I've, I've offered out my New Year's resolution and that is pick the 10 people that respond to your post the most, that click like the most, that have something to say the most, that, that's got commentary the most. And then I want you to reach out to them beyond social media. That means a phone call, an email, a personal meet. Not many people stood up to that challenge. Not many people wanted to stand up to that challenge. And I understand some of you want to maintain your secrecy and your autonomy, and that's your business. <laughs> Do that. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to add you. It doesn't mean I'm going to click follow. And I'm certainly not going to hold a conversation, whether in chat, DM, or on a post with some anonymous, faceless identity. That's never been me. That's never been me. I can't sleep with somebody I don't know any more than I can befriend somebody I don't know. <laughs> and I've never been the one-night stand kind of guy. I've never been the drive-through kind of girl. You know, I don't get down like that. I either know you or I don't know you. I either understand who you are or I have no understanding of who you are. And that's what it's going to take to defeat many of the problems including racism in the world, including racism in America. 
We don't know anyone. We're not trying to find out who anyone is. We're so encrusted in our own beliefs. Greeting, um, Shamafia, beloved. Alafia, beloved. Imani Sankofa, come on back, beloved. Welcome, sacred love lessons. Yes. We don't know anybody. Naima Cotton, greetings, beloved. We ain't trying to know anybody. We, we ain't trying to get involved. You know, yeah, we take everything so deeply, so personally, so personally. You know, and the minute you feel violated, the minute you feel hurt, we get stuck in that. And as I said earlier in the show, some of that is a pattern. Some of that is a representative of unworked shadow work. And and I had to discover that in myself. In my 20s, I was I was as hot as a rattlesnake in my 20s. I was mean. I was very negative. I didn't trust anybody, anything. My eyes would roll up in the back of my head the minute you started talking about Mother's Day, Father's Day. Can we all get along? Buy black? Because that was never my experience. That wasn't my uh, uh, return from, from society, from culture. And, and if you can't see something, then it, it's really not real. It doesn't matter that people say, oh, you know, there's a way to advance in this culture. But if it hasn't happened to you, people tend to say, well, you know, th- that ain't real. I don't see a way out of my neighborhood. I don't see a way out of my hood. I don't see a way out of my virtual circumstance. But that is a self-created reality. I go out of my way to add and follow people in social media that have none of my beliefs, that look nothing like me. Now, the minute they get overt, you know, okay, block and remove, delete, you know, particularly if we can't have a conversation about it. But I am very resistant to, just like in my real life, my circle is small. My circle is small. So I'm very resistant to carbon copying my friends, carbon copying my, my peers. Oh, they look like this. So, yeah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> And then you find out who people really are. Uh, thank you, the overambitious one. Yes, your virtual footprint absolutely has an identity. Absolutely. And people forget that. You know, just because you Mickey Mouse or Fred Flintstone doesn't mean that your IP address doesn't hold down who you are and where you're really located. The minute you try something, <laughs> you know, with the government or, or with, with children or with the law, they're going to come for you. I don't, I don't care if your name is Minnie Mouse. I, I don't care if it's Fred Flintstone. They're coming for you. So, yeah, your, your virtual footprint absolutely has a, uh, a footprint, has an identity. And Chris, uh, Christina, greetings, beloved. Christina Sanse Barre. Am I pronouncing your last name right? Is it Barre? Is it, help me with your last name. But, but thank you so much, beloved. Hey, Tasha Touch. I love me some Tasha's touch. Tasha's been around a while. I don't want to give up her age, but a few decades maybe. Uh, at least since Hurricane Katrina, I've seen Tasha online. Um, and I'm grateful. I truly am. So we've got to, yes, it's a standard. It's a standard that we all must adopt, how we show up. In our, in our lives, in the lives of our, our peers and our family and our friends, but also in the lives of 
social media and the internet. I have to, Naima Cotton. <laughs> I have to be present in social media, um, particularly now during the pandemic. Um, half of my ministry is in social media. Um, some people are never going to come to New Orleans, are never going to put their feet on the ground. Um, and so social media is my connection, it's my outlet. Um, and, and one other thing, I see you, um, Neophyte Bokor. One other thing I wanted to point out, too, is how we value ourselves, where we place our value. I know millionaires in Twitter, personally, in Twitter. I know very successful people in Instagram who don't have but a 1,000 followers, who don't have but 500 followers. Then there's that person that I know who has 100,000 followers. Then there's a person I know who has 50,000 followers who ain't doing any real business, who is not where near the demonstration of themselves offline as what you see online. And it's real easy to get caught in that trap of I've got to catch followers. I've got to catch followers. I'm guilty of that. I'm on TV. I'm in documentaries. I've done movies. And I expect to have a whole lot more followers than I have. But I spend too much time blocking and removing. <laughs> I spend way too much time restricting people, you know, not because they agree or disagree with me, but because their footprint is so abominable. What they say, what they demonstrate is so abominable. And these are people that I know that in real life, I, I wouldn't be bothered with you. I, I wouldn't have you in my in my space. Okay. All right, Christine, you got me. You got me. <laughs> Starbright, welcome, beloved. Namaste. Namaskar. Welcome so much for being present. Neophyte Bokor, it's been a minute since you've been on screen with me, co-hosting. You got something to say? You got something you want to share with us today? We can't uh, we can't hear you very well. Can you hear? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yes, man, trying something new out. I'm trying to adjust my settings and everything. Trying to see if I have a better uh, better audio. You sound great now. I'm sure they can hear you all all the way through the Block Talk Radio. How's that? Uh, change the settings. Yeah, that's great. Okay. 
I don't care how rural or how uh, urban, don't assume that your family absolutely absorbs your truth when you can stand in it. And, and when you can put words to it, that's even better. Some of you can't explain exactly what it is that you are or what it is that you're doing because you're not clear. Because you don't understand who you are and what you're doing with clarity. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going to find it in reading a whole bunch of books. You're not going to find it in my voodoo book reading list. You're not going to find it in the witchcraft, you know, bibliographies. You're just not. You're going to find what's being regurgitated by many other people, often people that's at the same level in these traditions that you are. You're also going to find people who are not even practicing these traditions, who are not even involved in this culture, who are able to spit out books. But, but that's not going to teach you really about who you are. It's not going to teach you really about who the Yoruba are, who the Fon are. That's a hands-on activity. That's a hands-on activity. And I'm not joking when I say I talk to Africa, I talk to Asia, I talk to India, I talk to South America every single day. Every single day. I have a real good friend in Ghana, real good friend in Nigeria. I can't go to sleep. I can't wake up in the morning without them being present. Did they operate on a different timeline than we do, different time zone than we do, but they don't care, you know, and they kick through on Facebook, they kick through on a WhatsApp, hey, how you doing, how, you know, what's, you know, I know more about what's going on right now in Uganda, I know more about what's going on uh, in Igbo land, I know more about what's going on in Yoruba land sometimes than I do what's going on in my own backyard, because sometimes I have to put up guardrails especially locally, too many backstabbers, too many haters, too many people who feel some kind of way, you know, and, and, and if that becomes part of your reality, if that's re- ingrained in your reality, you know, you find yourself being negative, you find yourself being bitter, you find yourself not trusting, you know, and missing opportunities. So we, we got to do our own shadow work. You can't do it for your parents. You can't do it for other people. You can only do it for you. And because Neophyte did it for himself and his own in, you know, immediate family, it, it's now spilling over into the rest of the family. I heard you say the family got together, probably said some things to dad, you know, well, you know, he's involved in this, that he's, you know, and, and I'm glad that your dad was able to rise above that. I'm glad he was able to see, okay, it's more than what y'all trying to, you know, make it out to be. Because I know how it happened in my family. <laughs> you know, they swore I was practicing dark magic and witchcraft. And, you know, I got some uh, older relatives right now won't let me near their kitchen. Oh, oh, they'll fix me a plate, but I can't go in their kitchen. I can't go near the pots. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and they Jehovah Witnesses, you know, so they operating from what I call foreign religion. Religion that's outside of who we are. You know, outside of indigenous culture, outside of black culture, outside of indigenous American culture. And so I'm, man, my hat's off to you. You get a gold star for that. Uh, And and I'm grateful for your dad. You know, how old is your dad? Uh, My dad is 
Okay, he's still really young. Okay. Yeah, so he can definitely greatly influence. He still has many years to greatly influence, you know, the family in, in that regard. Um, now, now, I did heard you say he was struggling with some complications. It's not the COVID, is it? No. Okay, thank God for that. So everybody in the room, especially if you know Neophyte Bokor as a co-host on this show, burn your candles, say your prayers, do your rituals. It, it worked for me. I, I'm happy. I'm grateful for those of you who stood up for my family last week when I told you we were having a crisis and y'all did your thing. I, I'm grateful. So I need you all to do your thing again. You know, let's help get Neophyte Bokor's dad out of the hospital you know, and, and back in a, a better place. Hidden Realm Sorcery, like all folk, like old folks used to say, you got to be careful because the very person you call crazy or evil could be that very one sent to assist you in healing. And hashtag, I pity the fool. And she's absolutely correct. It's also a biblical scripture. Be careful that you don't entertain angels unaware. Be careful. And sometimes when we read that, be careful that you don't entertain angels unaware. We think of light. We think of the good angels. We, we think of angels that's coming to, to give us something good. But remember now, you got your dark angels and you got your light angels. Some of y'all are entertaining evil and wickedness unaware. Unaware. And, and I've been guilty of it. I've befriended people. I've helped people. I put myself out for people only to find out that they were from the dark side, only to find out that they did not have my interest in heart. Now, now it doesn't darken what I do. And that's a mistake that we make. You can't hold on to it because then you start judging yourself for, well, if I do good, there's a bad result. If I do good, there's a bad result. You say that enough times, you think that enough times, then it becomes a part of your reality. So you either stop doing what you're really called to do, or you, you get squeamish and you always anticipate a negative outcome. I anticipate a good outcome. I anticipate the positive outcome. I anticipate the fruitful outcome. And that's why I say all is a blessing. All is a blessing. Many people took me for crazy, for foolish, for being different, you know, 25 years ago, you know, when I set foot, you know, on the soil of New Orleans, oh, he shouldn't be able to do that. He can't do this. You know, let's block him from being involved in that. And still I rise. And still I rise. And now I'm a part of Louisiana history. Now I'm a part of New Orleans history. And I'm grateful for the Presbyterian. And, and let me be clear. I don't know who or how or why. I made it into the Presbyterian. So I didn't buy my way in. I didn't smooch my way in. I didn't befriend my way in. I have no idea how. In fact, some of the photographs that you see at this exhibit, I don't even know who took them. I have no idea who took them. Often when we're suited up and out there in the street on Mardi Gras Day and, and during Carnival, there's a whole lot of pictures being taken. A whole lot of photographers standing around, but there's also historians, people who, who study archaeology and anthropology, university employees, 
Uh, baby dolls with, with big degrees. <laughs> Greetings, uh, Kim Bass DeVille. You know, you never know who's watching your demonstration. You never know who's watching your footprint. And, and, and going back to that 100,000 follower profile, you all are trying to impress the masses, trying to pull in numbers of following. Half of those followers are just haters. Half of those followers are just waiting for you to fall. But in the meantime, you're ignoring your parents, your grandparents, your aunties, your uncles, your cousins. And, and if you're demonstrating life, if you're demonstrating the ancestors, if you're demonstrating what's good, what's right, then it feeds everybody, starting from you into your family. I've asked this question before. How many of your mamas and daddies know you a hoodoo practitioner, for real? How many of your grandparents know you a voodoo practitioner, for real? How many people that you consider important in your life or you show real respect to in your life, guardians, parents, uh, pastors, and friends, how many of them know you a closet conjure worker? You're not standing up in your truth. The first person I tried to impress, and I still try and impress every single day, is my mama. Is my mama. My evangelical Christian book author, mama. I also try and impress my sister, Opani. I try and impress my, my half-siblings all spread out through social media and reach them to the best of my ability. Let's be clear. I'm not being rude. I'm not being shady, though I know that would be more popular. If I cussed more, if I was more profane, if I was half naked, you know, if we talked about sex for two hours, this show would be more popular. I'd have more followers. I, I get that. But I'm not trying to impress y'all. I'm not. I'm grateful that y'all are impressed. I'm grateful for those of you who do your homework and check my footprint and, and then check who I am. I'm grateful for that. But that's, that's never been my goal. I, I didn't set out for that. Again, I could have a half a million followers on Twitter. That's all I had to do. No tea, no shade to some of my Twitter list masters and some of the people who share and support my profile. But that's all you have to do. That's, you got nothing but time on your hands to be up day and night tweeting and posting and bringing people in. Even if they use an automator, you know, you can get these automations that are post for You still got to spend a lot of time to build those type of profiles. My beloved T.S. Madison has given y'all a lot of her life. And now she's on mainstream TV. So do who you are. Be who you are. Feed your truth and get clear about your truth. That will emanate. And it should emanate first through your people, through your family. If you're a healer, a diviner, a minister, a spiritualist, it, it should first show up with your people. It should first show up in your peer group. Some of y'all got spouses. Some of y'all got children. It's your first show up in your home. And if you're doing something, okay, uh, Neil Fight Boku, I got you. Uh, if you're doing something, if you're, you know, standing up in your truth, 
it has to affect your mom and daddy and them. I don't care what their religion is. I don't care what their belief is. It was years before my mother even understood what voodoo was, but she knew I was a changed person. She still says till this day, you are a changed individual. I'm not who I was. I'm not who I'm going to be, you know, but I'm definitely not who I was before. I'm definitely no longer the victim. I'm a strong survivor. I embraced being a survivor, but it's more than just surviving. And some of you are just surviving. Okay, you made it through the dark areas. You made it through the health comp. Now you just surviving. You're not really living. You have an obligation to live an obligation to live. God gives you life. God gives you strength. The ancestors hold up your body for a reason. And so we're obligated to live. And sometimes we think, you know, living is just feeding me, you know, watching and absorbing my entertainment. You know, I got shelter over my head, you know, that's surviving. I've done that. I did that for years. I only went out once or twice a month, spent some food stamps, got all my groceries, and never went out again. Didn't care what was going on in the community. Didn't care what was going on at the grassroots level. At that time, I didn't even have internet to interfere with my life. So, so it was TV. It was cable. And that was it. You're not living. You're not living. I know people in, in wheelchairs. I know children who are survivors of cancer who are living, who they're sharing the message, they're telling a story, they're public, they're out in the community, whether it's virtual or physically, we have an obligation to live. Especially if you are operating in ATR, traditional African-based religious systems, hoodoo, root work, conjure, akan, fan, ewe, yoruba, you have an obligation to live and to live out loud, to live publicly, to live so that others absorb your demonstration. No, sometimes you can't control your neighbor's kids. We can't do that anymore. You can't discipline your neighbor's kids like you used to once upon a time. But you find your words. And when you can't find your words, you find your demonstration. Now, sometimes I say, hey, young man, you, you, you can't do that. I've never had no pushback. Not me. I've never had no pushback. Never had no kid pull no gun out on me. Never had no kids say, mind your business. That's never happened to me. But there's a way to address people who are hurting. And see, we're not empathetic. America, Western culture has, has stripped many of you from your empathy. And sometimes you get so caught up in your own pain, it's hard to have empathy for the next guy. I've been abused. I've been victimized. I don't give a damn about your pain. Some of y'all are operating in that. And that becomes your reality. That feeds your reality. And you can't heal if you don't forgive yourself first. So once you can forgive yourself and then forgive others and have empathy for yourself, then it's much easier to have empathy for others. I think, okay, the guy is sick. The man is crazy. He's been sick all my life. He's been crazy all my life. And that's why I'm not rolling over in anger and fear about my dad. Don't like him. Don't want nothing to do with him. Don't have no contact with him. But, but as a human, I have empathy. 
Bro, you're sick. You're beat down. You abuse yourself and others. I, I have empathy. And that's how I get the BS off of me. That's how I get clean the shadow work off of me. So you got to have some degree of empathy. Some degree. Now, when people are overt in their behavior, overt in their addiction, that's a whole nother thing. And sometimes you have to let people hit their own bottom. Sometimes you have to let people experience life on life's terms and just have enough empathy to stay out of the way. <laughs> okay. Orisha says, if you set a trap for me, you better set one for yourself. Yes, ma'am. And no, uh, they can't extinguish my light. Uh, sometimes I have to be reminded, maybe daily, but no, they can't, they can't extinguish it. And if I never do anything else, again, if I sat down right now, I'm in your history book, beloved. I'm already well documented, beloved. And being as involved in the voodoo community as I am here in New Orleans, where are they? Where are they? Who's representing voodoo in New Orleans right now, overtly, out loud, in almost everything that they do beyond me? Many of our elders are sickly. Some of our elders have passed on. Some of our elders passed on almost in quiet. Glover. Y'all didn't have no second line for Glover? What no representation for Glover as, as, a, as a Hudu practitioner right here in the city? Y'all took Glover to Baton Rouge. Some of y'all know who Glover is. I was wondering when someone was up saying you you breaking up. You breaking up. I say Glover's name all the time. Yeah. And and listen, I heard you say, you know, he's not Catholic. It goes beyond that. They acknowledge people that's not Catholic. Fine Fine is buried in St. Louis Cemetery number one. Okay? Fine, fine. Papa Fine, fine. Yeah, yeah. Some of y'all know Papa Fine, fine. World-renowned drummer and Haitian represent, representative of voodoo. But they didn't invite the community. They didn't invite the community. And the only reason I know is because I live here. I can, see, I can see St. Louis Cemetery number one from my house. So that's how I know. I saw the, the white band gathering. I heard the brass playing through the parking lot. And I went out and said, hey, what's going on? That's how I found out. Another good friend of mine, Denise Augustine, historian, master historian and tour guide, she was there. She, she know what be going in and out of St. Louis Cemetery number one. Otherwise, nobody else would know. We're dealing with an issue right now of Congo Square Armstrong Park being redeveloped for City Hall. I told y'all that two years ago. You didn't want to hear me. I'm talking to locals right now. You know who you are. I'm talking to major players right now here in town. You know who you are. I told you. And you you said I was crazy. I told you I was going to camp out at the tree. And if they come for Congo Square, you might as well bring me food and water because I'm not leaving this spot. The day we welcomed Dagbo Honan, the second, from Benin, 
I told you that. And you looked me in my face and said I was crazy. Why why you want to do that? Why you stirring up? Right. Right. And now you are calling out the community to come and help you defend Congo Square. And I'm going to be there. I'm already there. (laughs) I'm already on it. I'm already involved in, in the process of protecting that sacred spot. All I'm asking for is a text, is a phone call, is some acknowledgement from you, from you. You know who I'm talking to, from you. Not from the rest of the community, not from the white people, the Italian people, the Spanish people, but from you. I've given my life to the city, to the culture, to the tradition, to Congo Square, money, time, airtime, for y'all to pretend like y'all don't see me half the time. For y'all to pretend like I'm not relevant half the time. So I ask again, who's representing voodoo for New Orleans? Beyond me. Seriously, I'm not talking about American Horror Story. I'm grateful. Thank you, American Horror Story. I'm forever grateful. And if you need me again, I'm going to come back and do it again. But I'm talking about who's representing ATR for real. And not just in New Orleans. I'm asking all of you listening to me in your community, in your neighborhood, who's representing it for real? And it's not hiding it in the closet. It's not trying to keep it, you know, with this personal. I'm just trying to get my man back. No, who's representing this for real 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, at every level of your cells and being? Who's representing it? Otherwise, we just, you just perpetrating. You just wearing a mask. Some of y'all got a social media mask on that's all about voodoo and candles and root work and, and conjure, and it ain't nothing about who you are in real life. I see you on the street and you wouldn't even recognize you. You're you on your way to church. You're on your way to the synagogue. You're on your way to the mind. You're doing your thing. And listen, I'm not judging you. Do your thing, but be authentic to your thing. Stand up for your thing. So I back people in the name of voodoo in New Orleans many times over the last two and a half decades. Backed them just to have them stab me in my back, just to have them throw shade, just to try to act like, you know, I'm not included in their inclusive little club. Even had one black woman trying to represent Haitian voodoo, even had one tell me, well, we want what you got. To my face, with an elder looking on in the conversation, in the four-way conversation, who said nothing, who didn't correct her, who didn't stand in and say, well, wait a minute. Build you. Work on what you got. Develop what you got. Now, when I need you, you're not here. When I send out a call, you're not present. When I need support, you ain't trying to support. So how could you possibly want what I got? And I've said this on the show before. You can have it. With all my pain, with all my trauma, with my background, with everything that I've had to trudge through to get here, you can have it. 
You can have it. And, and again, I'm speaking specifically to one or two and to whoever else it applies to. If you hating, if you feel some kind of way, if you think my demonstration should be yours, you can have it. You can have it with all the trauma that came with it. You can have all my experience that brought me to this place. That's why your your magical books, your religious books, tell you don't be sure you're not entertaining angels unaware. And two, don't envy, <laughs> don't feel some kind of way about coveting what your neighbor got. Because sometimes what your neighbor got is wicked. Sometimes what your neighbor got got it through illegal means. Sometimes what your neighbor got, got it through immoral means. So stop coveting other people's faith. Stop coveting other people's demonstration. And by all means in this social media environment, be authentic. This is who I am. That's why I don't block this out. That's why I don't put up no false backgrounds. This is me. This is all me. This is all real. This, this is all authentic to who I am, okay? And it's a whole nother ritual space on the other side of that wall. And it's authentic and it's utilized <laughs> every single day. So y'all need to be careful of these overnight practitioners, especially in Instagram. And they're learning quick, so they're not coming at y'all anymore as the Bible allows. They're not coming at y'all anymore as, as the Ianifa. Now they're using tricky names, you know, but all you got to do is look at how they describe themselves. I'm a tarot reader. I'm a card reader. I'm a mind reader. I'm a crystal reader. You know, hit me up on my WhatsApp. Half of those are not even coming from this country. And then there's one that I know personally, so I'm not going to call your name. He got 50 identities online. And he's a viral spammer. So he's spamming your post. He's spamming your page. Dr. So-and-so fixed my life. Dr. So-and-so brought my wife back. Dr. So-and-so helped me to, 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 to win a great deal of money. And it's all fake. And it's all being generated primarily from one person. An American. A Hispanic American. Okay. <laughs> Who's representing Ifa, Voodoo, Kanja, Root Work? And I communicate with them all the time. You must really be desperate if you have to spam my posts. Spam your own posts. Make your own posts go viral. But no, he sees you all and your interest in what's happening here. So then he spams you. And that couldn't happen. That would not work if we were all walking in authenticity and understood authenticity when we see it. It's a whole lot more for me for you to say I'm a reader. Again, my eyes roll back in my head. What do that mean? Where did you learn that? Where did you study and train to be that? Especially for you all that's 25 and younger, who did not come out of a family that's second, third generation Rasta, that second, third generation Islam, that second, third generation Hebrew Israelite. Some of y'all are just finding this out of news and often in books, videos, and on social media. And then overnight, 
you see it as an opportunity. I gift it to you. I really do. Here, you can have it. You all have no idea what it takes to run all these social media sites. You all have no idea what it takes to, to do business from a professional level and not end up in the Better Business Bureau and not end up having, having your ratings destroyed and not end up having a negative footprint all along the Internet. So I gift it to you. If you want it, you can have it. Come on at it. Marge, Richard, beloved, I've seen your post. That's why I left it there. We're with you in your bereavement in the loss of your uh, grandparents. I lost all, I don't have any of my grandparents. All four of my grandparents long then made their transition. Um, I'm grateful both of my parents are still living, but all of my grandparents are gone. Um, And I've got a really big family, (laughs) especially on my dad's side. Uh, Greetings, Crystal Lynn with, I've got a really big family. Greetings, beloved. Welcome. Peace and blessings to you as well. Just speak up. Just speak up. Neophyte Bokor, absolutely. And it's interesting to me how we feel so autonomous, meaning I, I make my own choices, my own decisions. I'm walking my truth. I'm, I'm following my own path. But so many of y'all's paths look exactly alike. It's a carbon copy of, of the next thing. And particularly in my community, particularly in my community, black people are followers. I know that's not popular, but it's too many, too many of you all who are followers, and you're not willing to break code. You're not willing to break the law of the block. You're not willing to break the law of the neighborhood, you know, and, and you're concerned about what the boys might say, what your girls might say, you know, and it's real easy 
to get, again to get on social media and say, oh, that's not me, and I'm free, and where your mama? My mama in the chat. <laughs> where your where your parents? You know, where is that footprint of your family here where you are? You know, so we we've got to be willing to be truthful, and you ain't got to be truthful with me. I already can see, and I see clearly. You don't have to be truthful with me, but you got to be truthful with yourself with yourself and be real about where you are in this process. You can't, you can't learn if you 24 and you think you a master, you can't learn nothing. Not only does it show your ignorance because the more you learn, the more, you know, the more you understand what you don't know and need to learn. That's rule number one. But number two, the minute you say, Oh, I'm a master teacher. I've shut you down already. Um, I've gotten emails, and that might, I don't want to call out anybody in particular, but listen, if you send me an email, I'm a master teacher, I'm a master reader, I'm a healer, I've been, but I need your help, I don't, I don't respond to your email. You, you need my help for what? You know it all. You, you got it down. What you need my help for? I don't respond to those emails. Come at me humbly, or I, I don't respond. I don't respond. And that's how I act in spirit. I know my place with the elder. I know my place in the tradition. I know my place in the presence of wisdom, in the presence of knowledge, in the presence of experience. That's something the Western culture lacks today. Younger people, my generation and lower, y'all ain't got no respect for elders. Y'all don't have no respect for leaders. You don't have no respect for mentors. I don't want, I don't need, I got this. And, and for the most part, you're operating out of your shadow work. Because it's your shadow work that says, I don't need an elder. I don't need a teacher. I don't need, that's your shadow work. I've been there. I know. You couldn't tell me anything in my 20s. I was too upset and angry with my parents. So I wasn't willing to hear nothing from nobody. I'm out here. I'm on the street. I got a job. I'm doing this. You, y'all can't tell me anything. And I spent my will for many years. I was stuck in position for many years. Uh, This wasn't even on the radar. I couldn't see this future. I couldn't see a future that made sense. But if you're not honest to say I'm a baby, I'm a beginner, I'm a child, I'm young in this, I'm ignorant to this, then no no teacher is going to spend time with you. And I have a large portion of my clients who've been through the system. Well, I had a godmother. I had a godparent. This happened. That, and now I'm coming to you. No, you're not. No, you're not. I had one sent me an email. Her and her godparent wanted to come see me to fix a particular situation. Why? Why? You want me to validate you and your godparent? for being authentic in this tradition when you're really not. And prints don't do that. Prints don't get down like that. Hidden Realm Sorcery says that that's why I deactivated my IG and my FB, and I'm focusing on my community from New Orleans to wherever because I've given enough free information to be disrespected and overlooked on the Internet. Hidden Realms get it. (laughs) Hidden Realms get it. Because they're going to disrespect you, they're going to judge you, they're going to reshare your posts and your information and not even give you credit. 
not even give you a tag and say, hey, I'm, I'm a super reader. I'm a master reader. I'm your master strategist. Yeah, I feel you. And that idea of working with the community, we need to get together, beloved, on that because that's where I am today. I'm, I'm emotionally overwhelmed in a good way by the level of local Louisianians who are now beginning to come. So, so you hear me complain and criticize, but there is a portion of our community that's beginning to come. They live in the 504 or they live, you know, in Shreveport or Baton Rouge or across the lake or across the river, and they're beginning to come. And they bring in their spouses, they bring in their parents, they bring in their grandparents, just make an appointment. <laughs> just make an appointment. I'm, I'm just not prepared for people to just show up at the door. You've got to make an appointment, and especially now during uh, COVID-19, and particularly now during Carnival. Mayor Cantrell ain't playing. I'm not trying to look like I got a crowd. I'm not trying to break any COVID protocols. I'm not trying to look like I got a, a train of people coming and going from my door. You've got to get an appointment. You have to by email. Divine Prince, D-I-V-I-N-E, P-R-I-N-C-E, at houseofthedivineprince.com. I'm with you, Hidden Realms. Just get with me. I'm working on some things locally that I would like to include you in. Um, I have a, a deep connection with Brazil right now, and we're working on some projects, me and a, a film producer from, from Brazil, who's primarily ATR-oriented, Candable, Ifa, Voodoo, Maria Leonza, et cetera. So send me an email, Hidden Realm Sorcery. We got to have coffee at, at Tremaine Coffee House or something. We're here for you, uh, Marge Richard. All is a blessing, beloved. Uh, let me scroll through. Okay, Christina Sunset. Her godmother is Sally Ann, and she gets so much hate behind the scenes for that because she's white. People don't realize I went to a black priestess first, and she dismissed me upon seeing me in person. Listen, I get that, especially here in town. (laughs) I, I get that. It's too much competition. It's too much hate. And to be quite honest, it's just too much fakery going on. And trickery. I'm glad you didn't call out any particular black priestess. There are a few. I probably know them all. Um, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Um, I've sat on panels at Xavier with Sally Ann. Sally Ann and my and my good friend Denise Augustine are best friends. Um, so yeah, I, I know a lot about Sally Ann and how Sally Ann works. I was also here in the city of New Orleans when Sally Ann was traveling back and forth to Haiti, being initiated. So in terms of Haitian voodoo, Sally Ann understands Haitian voodoo. New Orleans voodoo, Louisiana voodoo, that's me. That's me. (laughs) Okay. So if you choose, you know, uh, that path, I'm available to you. I I don't mean you, Christiana. You, You seem happy with where you are. But I mean, anyone else that's listening, um, I, I got your back. And I am fluid in Ifa, fluid in Haitian voodoo, fluid in many forms of the demonstration. 
I just represent Louisiana, Mississippi, Delta Voodoo because nobody else will. Because nobody else is. And as long as we keep, you know, sending our power outside of ourselves, sending our power outside of our community, then we won't have one. And so there are many people who believe there's no real voodoo in the city of New Orleans unless it's a foreigner representing it. There are many people in New Orleans who believe there's no real voodoo unless it's a white person representing it. So we got to be careful. Um, I may have said it before you came into the show, Christina. We got to be careful about the all black people. I'd have had a problem with one black person, so now I hate all black people. I'd have had a problem with five black men, so now all black men ain't no good. I'd have had a problem with, you know, three or four sisters, so I can't trust no sisters. I know some I know a practitioner like that would tell you in a heartbeat she don't like, she don't trust black women, period. Especially older black women, because they all out to get her. They all jealous of her. That's shadow work, y'all. That's that unresolved issues about yourself and your parentage and your background. Because the reality is, I haven't dealt with all black people, neither have you. The reality is, I haven't met every black man, neither have you. So when we start using that language, particularly in ATR, that's problematic. That's problematic. Thank you for that, uh, Christina. Tiana Baldwin, greetings, beloved. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, God's initiative for being a master student and, and, and for stay learning and listening because we all have to do that, even I do. <laughs> I learn something new every day. I study a different ethnic group every day. I'm going in and out of a new language every day. And I'm communicating with people outside of my comfort zone every single day. And that's why I keep moving forward. That's why I keep moving up. That's why I keep moving away figuratively from those who are stuck on the ground, those who are grounded. I don't mean grounded in that you need to be grounded in center. I mean grounded meaning you can't fly. You can't elevate. Because you are locked in a self-made prison, a self-made box of what things are and and what they should look like. Uh, The K-Way, those that know don't tell, those that tell don't know. (laughs) Yes, that's an old Louisiana, that's an old Southern saying. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, they they have ego issues, but those ego issues are often attached to shadow work. Your upbringing, how you're treated growing up. How you're treated as a young person, as a young man, has everything to do with your ego and what you think of yourself, what you believe of yourself. You know, some of us are prettier than others. Some of us are taller than others, you know, and and we get treated a certain way. Unfortunately, in our community, we still have shadeism. You know, and when I was younger, I was treated very badly for being dark, for being dark skinned. I, I was taught that I was black and ugly. Not from in my house, but from my peer group, from kindergarten to the 12th grade. And, and to some degree, I thought I was black and ugly and, and unlovable and, and, and unreachable until I went out to the world and, and people were excited about me, amazed about me, wanted to see more, wanted to understand more. And so I was almost 30 years old before I found an ego. So see, that's why I tell my story. I don't just get on here and rant 
young people. That's why I tell my story. You ain't got no ego at 21. You ain't got no full sense of consciousness at 25. None of us do. None of us do. It takes living life. It takes experience. It takes growing. It takes expanding, evolving. It takes education to develop that full sense of self. Even Michael Jackson. And if he were here today, he might say, I died with issues around my ego. He might say he died with issues around self because of how he felt robbed of his childhood and what he experienced through his childhood. Now, I know we talk about alopecia, you know, but some of you, you know, say he played with his appearance because white was right and black had to get back. I've heard that, too. If you're brown, you can get down. But if you're black, you got to get back. That's, that's the kind of limericks I grew up with. Too black, too ugly, not tall enough, not masculine enough, too feminine. That's what I grew up with. And, and if I believed you, you, my black friends, peers, and neighbors, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be here today. And so somebody under the sound of my voice needs to hear me. You might not be in the chat. You might not be on the phone lines, but you watching and you listening. Don't let them destroy you. If I'm any example, don't let them destroy you. They're going to talk. They're going to talk behind your back. They're going to try to stop you. They're going to try to limit you. They're going to try to convince you. Even your friends. Oh, baby, you can't do that. Oh, that's too much. Well, I don't know. And anytime you're doing anything new, anything uh, innovative, anything different, you always going to get that because they can't see your vision. They can't see the dream. They can't see the future, practitioners, readers. They can't see the future. Please, I beg y'all. Don't, and you don't have to do it for me. You don't have to do it right here in the chat. Don't just gloss over my commentary about shadow work. Don't do that. Don't pretend like you got it all together and you you strong and you know what you don't do that. It will come back to bite you in the ass. 40, 50, 60, it'll come back to bite you in the ass. I've seen people have a breakdown. I've seen people end up in the mental ward. I've seen people on 72-hour lockdown. I've seen people end up in AA, NA, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous. You know, friends of Anonymous. I've seen it. And sometimes those ghosts don't come back until you're 30, to your 40, to your 50. And they shut you down. You think life is going good, and then your wife ups and packs up the whole house. Your husband ups and packs up the whole house, and they gone. And you break down. I know it because I get the phone calls. I know it because I get the request for the divination and the reading. So y'all... I'm not wasting my voice. It's somebody underneath my sound of my voice who gets it. <laughs> it's somebody underneath the sound of my voice who, who truly understands what I'm trying to do in this space. Be authentic. Be true to who you are. Understand where your limits are and then seek elevation. Understand where you lack skill and then go and gain the skills. But don't perpetrate this. It'll only come back to bite you in the ass. 
And, and as I said, I, I know people with 50,000 followers, 100,000 followers, and y'all think they all the bomb. Y'all think they all the stuff. Y'all, y'all expire to that. They don't have no ministry behind that. Don't have very many clients behind that. Can barely afford their website. And some of y'all know it takes resources to keep your website going. And that's why they ain't got one. That's why Instagram is their website. That's why they're using Cash App. Because some of y'all credit and, and way of doing business got you blocked from PayPal. Don't think I don't know. <laughs> don't think I don't know. When people say, oh, I don't fool with PayPal. I can't. I've had problems. I know why you've had problems with PayPal. You, you probably owe them money or someone created a chargeback. I didn't like your service. I want my money back. And now you got a deficit in PayPal. I get it, but but don't pretend it. <laughs> don't don't perpetrate it, but I get it. <laughs> I'm happy. Thank you so much, Hidden Realms. Um, Goddess Initiative says she used to teach so much on her IG, and people would DM her for questions and repeat her stuff like they knew what they had just asked me. But get this, none of them signed up for my Patreon. Yeah. I'm glad you're bringing it out in the open. That's why I bring it out in the open. Because sometimes you think it's, well, it's just happening to me or, oh, this is just my experience. No, this is universal. That's why I'm so strong on what I'm saying. This is universal. God's initiative understands exactly what I'm talking about. And we've seen it. I get the questions. Well, can you answer just a question for me? I, I see it coming. Hey, how you doing? You just added me three minutes ago. Hey, how you doing in the Instagram DM? I already know this is bad. No, nobody DMs you three minutes after adding you in social media unless they up to something. Sometimes you add people and you watch them and you like they post for a while. And okay, then maybe let me open some communication. But not in those three minutes. <laughs> not in those three minutes. And, and then it's, hey, how you doing? Always a blessing. Peace and love, beloved. And then I feel guilty for responding because like Goddess Initiative said, okay, then the questions come. Well, can you help me with this? Can you teach me that? Can you help me better understand? And I'm like, how can I better help you understand um, my email address? <laughs> how can I help you better understand that I don't take DMs, but I communicate with people in, in email? And see, for some of y'all, email is a serious commitment. Your IP address attached to an email. Oh, they're not trying to do that. Well, you're not trying to get my help. You're not trying to get my service. Some of you remember 2005, 2006, 2007, when me and Val, Tony Val Martinez, dominated Yahoo 360. And then they snatched it down. We dominated Yahoo 360. And y'all loved every post. Every day I posted an ethnic group, a tradition, a practice, a ritual with text, bibliography, photographs, and y'all ignored me. Y'all went on to try and duplicate unsuccessfully. You all went on to other things and tried to show it out and couldn't. And then they took Yahoo 360 down, changed the whole algorithm. You know, and, and so I had to go back and rebuild my Facebook, you know, only to have it violated two years later. 
They had to recreate a whole nother Facebook. And I'm still at 5,000 on Facebook. I still have to drop it and add an active uh, uh, participant from social media every time I want to add somebody who's active, you know. But the algorithms in Twitter, very different. The algorithms in Instagram and TikTok, very different. And, and y'all know why. We competing with foolishness. We competing with nakedness. <laughs> we, 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 we competing with the glue girl, you know, who's now international, <laughs> you know, because she put Gorilla Glue in her hair. And I love you, boo. I'm not talking smack because you a local. Gorilla Glue is, yeah, Gorilla Glue girl is a local now. She just, she just right across the lake, you know, so I'm not talking smack. I'm just saying you international now, boo, because you put Gorilla Glue in your hair, you know, and so that's why the algorithms ain't moving as much in Twitter and because I, I, do, do y'all want that? Do I need to cuss more? Should I do some of my broadcast half dress? Would that keep you coming back, Neophyte Book Course? <laughs> would S. Marie, would that be a reason for you to stick with me? <laughs> S. Marie says she never studied or knew who or why she was this way until she found this channel. Thank you, beloved. I'm grateful. And she says she wants to learn more about what naturally comes to me. I hear you, and I'm here for you. Uh, Christina Sensei says, Sensei says, yes, I would never speak bad about another black elder, and I would still respect and learn from her. I have many mentors, uh, myself included. Thank you, beloved. I, I greatly appreciate that. Um, and surprisingly, um, except for, save for the little shady comments that I give on this show, I don't talk down these people either. I don't. One, I'm not going to keep your name in your mouth if you're not relevant. That's number one. Somebody of my caliber repeating practitioners in town that I've had a beef with only gives you some kind of glory. So I don't do it. I say, listen, be careful. I say, listen, be cautious. But I don't talk down. I don't tell what you didn't did, what you didn't said. It's not important to me. It's not important. You don't deserve airtime, you know, and it don't really affect my life in any way. You know, I might feel some kind of way about it, but it don't really affect my life. You know, it don't stop me from getting gigs. It don't stop, you know, my agencies from calling me. You know, we got a role for you. It don't stop my auditions. It doesn't stop anything, you know, and, and those three major projects that I worked on during the pandemic, PBS Mantra, Buried Worlds on the Travel Channel, Atlas of Cursed Places on Nat Geo didn't require anybody's involvement. Not an agent, not an agency, not a representative. They called me directly because of my footprint, because of my demonstration. I'm sure they called T.S. Madison directly. They didn't need her agent. They didn't need her manager. You're right here giving who and what you are authentically. So those of you who like to hide your identity, and I don't suggest that. Do what you want, but I don't suggest it. <laughs> I, I just don't suggest it. 
Uh, yeah, Marge Richard, Leanne, I see you, beloved. Yeah, I see you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I see your comment. Yes, ma'am. And, and I spoke to it, you know, um, I spoke to it. Uh, Sally Ann spent time, spent money, spent resources, went back and forth to Haiti, developed a relationship with Haiti, you know. So it doesn't speak anything about who I am on my demonstration. It does speak to Haiti. It does speak to Haiti, you know, and, and, and various people, as Christina mentioned, have their feelings about it. I also, um, just because we're on topic, let's be clear about what mentorship is and what initiating is. And some of you all want to do your thing and you want to do it as it comes to you and you want to follow spirit and you might want to mentor, but you're not trying to initiate. And that's your business, but you're not validated. You're not authentic. You have no real connection to, to, the, to the system. You might be witches. You might be magical practitioners and healers and whatnot and Reiki practitioners, but just don't call it voodoo. Don't call it hoodoo. That's another one of my pet peeves. You know, New Ageism has embraced hoodoo, so now people think hoodoo is universal. Hoodoo is for everybody. Hoodoo don't see color, don't see race, don't see ethnicity. It's not true. It's not true. And you cannot erase our footprint. You cannot erase our enslavement for over 400 years and now say I'm, I'm an authentic representative of hoodoo without embracing my pain. That's why I say I give it to you. You want this platform, you can have it. But you got to embrace all my pain pain, the enslavement of my people, the abuse, the denigration of the human, you got to embrace all of that if you're going to represent. If you're going to represent. Um, I have a problem with uh, practitioners of other ethnicities that, that claim to be authentic, but then when you see their documentation, their photos, their ceremonies, we ain't there. There's very few of us who are there. And if we are, just like the church, you pay, you put it in the offering plate, but you ain't controlling anything. You ain't representing anything. So, yeah, I, I, I got my personal feelings about the culture, Marge, Richard, and, and what's going on in the culture. I really do. And I'm honored that you do as well. I know a lot of white people who feel some kind of way about people interfering people representing within African-based traditional systems. Seriously. Anthropologists, university professionals who studied and given a life and really understand culture, ethno-religious culture, and they don't understand it. They don't often acknowledge it. So I get that. Um, I'm not here to do battle. <laughs> you know, especially with local practitioners. I'm, I'm not here to do battle. Do your thing. It's a need for the French Quarter. It's a need for the shops. It's a need for the tourism. I get that. Just don't, just don't call it authentic voodoo. Just don't call it authentic to, to my culture. That, that's all I ask. 
those listening are aware uh, he's talking about the jazz festival and the reggae festival in Long Beach um, and, and how it's segregated uh, and, and how you know they have a white day you know primarily white entertainers and white audience and then they have a black day um, and I see that in many cities I'm, go- I'm about to take a risk including my own where we are representing black culture, black traditions, black history, but it's operated entirely by white people. It's funded entirely by people that's not in our community. It's organized by people who don't acknowledge the community. And that's problematic for me. Once upon a time, we had Marcus Garvey Day right here in Congo Square. Not anymore. Once upon a time, we had a reggae fest. You know, right here in Congo Square, not anymore. And now we have these big, enormous festivals, Voodoo Fest and Jazz Fest and many others, and we have nothing to do with how it's organized, how it happens. You know, we might get offered $50, $100 to come and perform, but that's it. And that won't happen to Voodoo, not on my watch. That won't happen with Hoodoo, not on my watch not going to happen. And as long as we continue this charade of I am, I was born with this, I know who I am, you know, and, and we're not authentic about filling in those blanks, we're, our, we're halfway there. We're halfway there. Just go into social media. There's, there's people all over the world who claim this practice and claim this tradition. And when they have 50,000 followers, hundred, it, it looks it looks valid, don't it? It looks valid. There's a whole Hoodoo Central, fake Hoodoo Central group on Facebook. Go look for it. It's coming out of the Middle East. It's being managed from Bangladesh and India and primarily white uh, administrators in the group. They just recently even acknowledged that they were stepping on my trademark. 
Now, now, if I wanted to be that guy, one lawyer, one contact with Facebook, that whole group would be shut down. The only reason I have not shut the group down is, um, which is why I say that I reach outside my comfort zone every day. It benefits me while they do that foolishness. Because people go in there and, and, and see the foolishness, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, and they come right back to me. My legitimate Hoodoo Central LLC keeps going up, keeps going up because of that group. People go looking for that group. They might search that group. They might click on Hoodoo Central and Facebook and end up at that group. But you also find me. So I let them do their foolishness. I do they, let them do their shenanigans. Now, some of you remember, you know, once upon a time, you know, I had a little issue in Georgia. Iyami shut that down. I'm grateful to the power of Iyami. I'm forever grateful to the power of black women. Black women shut that down. They said, oh, no, we're not having it. It's not, it's not going on. And they went to court. They got attorneys in the state of Georgia and the court system involved. And that person's still present. Y'all know who I'm talking about, but they're not trying to step on Hoodoo Central not anymore. And they still claim to have a Hoodoo Central Georgia, but everybody knows it's not valid. Yes, Marge Richard, naked, cussing, would, would that be more popular? You know, when I go through social media and I look at who's popular and who got numbers, Okay, I'm not profane enough. I'm not loud enough. I'm not vulgar enough. My show ain't censored enough in, in my mind because y'all love those pages. Not you personally, Marge, but, but the audience. Y'all love those people. Y'all love them. Y'all there every day. Y'all catch the post. Their numbers is in the millions. Y'all love those people. And so as a human, not as divine prince, but as a human, I ask myself that question. Do I need to be more loud? Do I need to cuss more? Do I need to talk crazy about people? Do I need to tell celebrities business, you know, on air? I can't do that. I'm a certified celebrity reader, certified. I've read too many politicians, celebrities, high-earning individuals. The last thing I need to do is expose their business. On air. That's the end of that. That's why some of you are not celebrity readers. Because we watch what you post. You're too slick at the mouth. I, I hear you all. I say what I want. And this is my pay. Okay, then good. But you don't be no celebrity reader. <laughs> if people can't trust you with their information, they're not coming to you. If people can't Think about how many people refuse to go on Wendy Williams. Celebrities who refuse to go on Wendy Williams till this day because they don't trust the old Wendy Williams, okay? And sometimes the old Wendy Williams slips through into the new Wendy Williams. Now me, I ain't got no fear of Wendy Williams. I already know Wendy Williams know who I am because it's too many people that I work with that's already been on her show. So I know she know who I am. I know she know what I do. She probably has an opinion about what I do. But I can't be that guy 
that girl and then be considered an authentic, respectable elder in these traditions. I just can't. But as a human, thank you, God, it's initiative. But as a human, I think about it once or twice a week. I think about it. Do I need to do cartwheels in here? Do I need to do flips? What do I need to do? Do I need to be more aggressive? Do I need to call people out? You know, some of you remember about six months or so ago, you know, I was doing live readings on air. Y'all don't like the truth. Y'all don't like the truth. I watched a horror show the other day. Um, American Gods. If you haven't checked that out, yeah, American Gods. And it's a fortune teller in one of the episodes. And she said that very thing. They don't want to hear truth. So, so she tells them pretty lies because they do not want to hear truth. And anyone in this room who's ever had a reading with me knows that I'm going to give you the truth. And, and it might be difficult. I might risk you not coming back. I might risk getting the negative comment and rating. But I, I have an obligation. I have an obligation to be a truth teller. So yeah, I ask myself that, you know, do I need to act a little bit more crazy? Do I need to be a little more hood-like, maybe? Do I need to use a little bit more Ebonics? I, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Uh, Goddess Initiative, what are you saying? You can't tell who do the lish, who do ain't all. Okay? Um, you lost me. And maybe you're using some new language. You lost me. Try me on, on that one again. Um, and maybe I'm just distracted. Uh, Christina initiated in the fall of 2008 before her West Coast journey. So you went to Haiti in 2018. Because you said Sally Ann. Sally Ann went to Haiti. And, and Sally Ann's people went to Haiti. So I'm not being shady. I'm just asking. You said you initiated in the fall of 2018. So I'm asking, did you go to Haiti? And how much time did you spend there? Now, now you don't have to answer if you don't want to. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Okay. Again, you know, that's that human side of me. I, I work extra hard not to offend people, not to hurt people's feelings. Though some of you still say I'm aggressive. But I'm very diplomatic, very diplomatic. Uh, Marge Richard, you didn't have to say that. <laughs> Marge Richard says, I am white as paper, and I never try to tell anyone I know the first thing about it. Is <laughs> all she can say. Marge, I knew you were white. Didn't care. You've always been respectful. You don't never say nothing crazy in the group. You, but you didn't have to say that. But, but, but I understand what you say. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. When you posted that comment, I understood right then that you that you understand. You know, and there are some locals who back me into the corner and ask me that a lot. Well, what do you think about this one? And what do you think about that one? And you know, and people got to do what they got to do. You know, do your tourism, do, do your thing, do your botanica, do your shop. I, just don't cross it over into ATR. That's all I say. Just don't pretend, you know, that it's, it's, it's the real deal. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. 
Uh, yeah, uh, Lola Noble, she says she does understand about the jazz festivals. Yeah, it's a big deal. Jazz has been hijacked. Gospel been hijacked. Blues been hijacked. Almost anything that's ethnically, culturally from our community has been hijacked, has been appropriated. And the funny thing is, we ain't really allowed to do the same thing in reverse. I don't know not one, let me think. Yeah, I don't know not one black Celtic practitioner. I, I don't know not one black authentic Euro-centered African uh, 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 spirituality and religion religion practitioner. I know one in town locally. She's a celebrity, so I won't say too much. Uh, says she got some Italian in her blood and whatnot, but and claims to sort of represent that element of, of, of spirit practice and culture, but I've never seen it. Not once. I've seen some witchy stuff. I've seen some Halloween-like stuff, but I've never seen her demonstrate that footprint authentically. Not ever. And she might be doing it in the closet, like many of y'all are doing hoodoo and candle work in the closet. I don't know, but I've never seen it. I listed on uh, social media a few days ago, several I'm going to have to go soon, y'all. Uh, I listed several deities from other cultural practices in the world. And I asked that question. Why is it that hoodoo and voodoo is so popular internationally, but how come y'all not representing these other traditions? How come y'all are not representing these other gods? And particularly those of you who have ethnic cultural roots to go but for some reason, everybody wants to ride hoodoo. Everybody wants to ride voodoo. Everyone wants to ride conjure. And, and, and again, it's an extension of white supremacy. It's an extension of entitlement. We're entitled to colonize every part of the world to our best ability for our own good, no matter who it hurts, no matter who has to disappear. No matter how many Native uh, American ethnic groups have to have to be annihilated in the process, and now you have more white and black people claiming to be Indian than the actual Indians are standing up in their own demonstration. That makes no sense to me. That makes no sense to me. I'm not being shady. Think about it. That makes no sense to me. And so you white men, you black men, you uh, Latin men, you Hispanic men, you South American men, you, why aren't you representing the powers invested in your people, in your ancestors? And why is this the designated target? I'd like to say it's because voodoo is that strong. I'd like to say it's because voodoo is that powerful. But you all playing with fire. Y'all playing with fire. I get questions about putting babies. People want to tattoo babies on their body who ain't never been initiated, who don't know the first thing about the tradition. I, I, I don't understand. And I would waste too much time, energy in my life if I just dedicated it to beating that drum. Every now and then I can't help but bring it up. You all like to bring it up and we often talk about it. But I'm more invested in ensuring that this authentic demonstration lasts 
to the next generation, to neophyte Bokur's kids and grandkids, to, to uh, um, you all's grandkids, to, to the Goddess Initiative's child and her grandkids. I'm more invested in this surviving authentically after me than I am in terms of what happens right now. Is that shocking to you all? I'm not thirsty to be on TV. I'm not hungry to do movies. They call me. They call me when they need me. They call me when they know I can fit in there. But I'm not spending my days chasing, running after, hire me, do this project, do that project. I'm invested in this show and in my footprint socially and social media-wise that keeps this alive. All that other stuff is icing on the cake. All the other stuff has been miraculous surprises and blessings that I never even counted on, that I never looked for. And that's a problem in the Western culture. We taught our kids to focus on the money, focus on the designer label, be like Mike, be like Mike. Remember that? Be like Mike. But nobody even thought about who is Mike, what's Mike's background, where Mike come from. Who my parents were, you know, and I'm sure in a more modern context, um, we're not doing it in, in, in uh, today. You know, we want to be like Cardi B. We, we want to be like, uh, what is it, Meg Thee Stallion. But do y'all want their background? Do y'all want their pain? Do y'all want their experience? Do y'all really listen when they tell y'all what they've gone through and how they got from point A? The point B, I think I, um, okay, I got it together. My chat. I'm going to go soon. Yeah, they say voodoo as a cash cow. Um, Much like the botanica. Uh, There's quite a few internet botanicas. um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. A botanica does not equal authentic practice. Hello? A store does not suggest in any way that anybody in there, working there, or associated there is operating in authentic practice. I could be selling candles. I got enough room to do it. I could be selling candles and product and, 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 and oils, and I, I could. I ain't got, that's time consuming. Have you ever worked retail? Have any of y'all ever worked at Walmart or Walgreens or retail? That's a full-time job to stock a store, to keep a botanica going, especially if it's a brick and mortar. That's why many of y'all are doing it on the Internet. And you buying and shipping your stuff from a, from a, from a third source, you the middleman. But that in no way suggests authenticity and practice. That in no way suggests that these people know anything about the tradition. And when I start looking at some of the items in the Botanica, it's a dead giveaway that they're not concerned one bit about the tradition. You're breaking up. You try that again. You're breaking up. It's almost like, let, let me explain it to you. It's almost like your mic is bouncing around because your yeah, because your truck is going over something rough. So so just try it again. 
initiative i had never heard of her before um thank you t warner i, I appreciate that um christina thank you for answering my question i, I really I, I really appreciate that um because that's that's important um particularly when people with me being so close to sally ann and with people invoking her name um it's almost natural for me to ask um have you authentically initiated in haiti because that's how she did it so, so anyone that comes after, um, got to go to Haiti. Got to make that trip. Listen, you all, I have to move forward. I, I got to eat. I got to hydrate. Uh, I've got appointments later in the day. Of course, I invite each and every one of you to reach out to me by email. I'm always available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Visit my website at www.houseofthedivineprince.com. I appreciate all the people who come in, subscribe to both my YouTube and my blog talk radio, blogtalkradio.com forward slash the hyphen divine hyphen prince. Please also follow me and like me there. I think only two people from this broadcast have followed me on blog talk radio in the last year. Um, so I know we, we can do better. It's too much of you, too many of you listening, too many of you participating who don't follow, who don't click like, who don't reshare the post. Yeah, I, I don't, ooh, Mary, I mean, I'm sorry, Marge Richard. I don't particularly care for Pinterest. And let me tell you why. You're Googling, you're searching for photos. And some of the best photos end up in Pinterest. But then you get there and there's no information attached to it. No details, no explanation. Who, who's the photographer? What ethnic group is this? So for me, Pinterest is just a big, I don't know, fan page for people who are fans of particular images. And so I've always avoided Pinterest. If I click on, I'm looking for a photo and it comes up and it's in Pinterest, 
Usually I keep right on rolling until I find the next one. So I've never heard of her. Didn't even know she existed, (laughs) uh, to be honest. And and I appreciate you um, educating me on that and and, and letting me know. Yeah, I've never heard of her. Have no idea. But I thank each and every one of you for being present, for all of your love and your support, for your emails, for your requests. Please go check out the uh, expedition, the new Mardi Gras Indian expedition, Monday at the Presbyter. Look up the Presbyter Museum and Facebook, um, and of course their website. I believe the opening will be virtual. So they might have a virtual showing first uh, on Monday before they start letting any number of people, I think, into the museum um, physically. And it's the new Mardi Gras Indian exhibit at the Presbyter Museum in Jackson Square. I appreciate you. I love you. I look forward to meeting you here in this sacred space again next time, remembering that all is truly and indeed a blessing if you can just see beyond the veils. Ashe, Asheo, and Ashe. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. All is a blessing. And for Blog Talk Radio, let's give you a little closing out music. Living proof, uh, you can't walk a mile in my shoe. You can't even gain 
Dash of cayenne to the root Gonna put on my Greek grease suit Boil a gumbo Hot and steady Don't care if Freddy ready Gonna pray at that old cemetery Down on Claiborne where she's buried Build a fire on the bayou When a black cat scratched at two Under a full moon that's blue Chant the magic words, Kufaru A dash of cayenne to the rule Gonna put on my Greek grease suit Black top hat, black suit too, single rod that molds this through. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you. Can't see my eyes, black shades too. A dash of cayenne to the roof. Gonna put on my green, green suit. Black top hat, black suit too, same old ride that Moses threw. I'm gonna get them bones out the graveyard for you, can't see my eyes, black shades too. Going free at the old cemetery, down on Claiborne where she's buried, a dash of cayenne. To the roof, gonna put on my Greek grease suit. Yeah, black top hat, black suit too. Same old ride that Moses threw. I'm gonna get them balls out the graveyard for you Can't see my eyes, black sheets too Gonna pray at that old cemetery Down on Claiborne where she's buried A dash of cayenne to the room Gonna put on my green, green suit 